A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, hello. My name is Anthony, and this is the DNA Airwaves. I'm here with Dariki. How you doing, sir? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, man. And we have a special guest. Well, I guess I say that every time. We're all, they're all special guests, but <laughs> extra special every now and then. Dwayne Morgan is uh, somebody that I've had the pleasure to work with multiple times. He's he's bared with me. He's put up with my <laughs> nonsense on stage, my missing cues, and here he is today, man. Dwayne, how you doing? Uh, very good, very good. Happy to be here. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, it's cool. I uh, I tried to jump the gun with my pre-intro and called you the wordsmith, and I had this whole long <laughs> list of things I was going <laughs> to kind of spit out, but <laughs> I just don't have it like you, man. I've always been fascinated by your ability to get on stage and literally just use your words, like your speaking mm. voice words, yeah. which is like, it's mind-blowing because it's it it sucks you or pulls you in and the audiences are always like no matter what show we've done together the audiences are always just like glued to your words and you take you take us on a journey whether I'm on stage or in the crowd so I want to kind of dive into that a little bit today and figure out how for you sure, sure. discovered this gift and actually maybe you can start there cuz yeah how did you start doing spoken word so, I mean, it's an interesting story because when I was in high school, I was um, producing a, a talent show for Black History Month. And mm. at the time, I had a lot of friends who who had talent, who, you know, rappers, singers, dancers and stuff. And mm. so I got them all to be a part of this show. And then I got a call one day. I thought it was a prank, but I got a call from <laughs> Master T. Oh. And he's like, hey, man, you want to come down to, uh, to extend the mix and, and, uh. and talk about the show? And I mean, anybody, you know, from a certain age knows extend the mix was like, if you wanted to see yourself on TV when it came to music, mm -hmm. extend the mix or Rap City were your two options. So, uh. you know, I got this call and, you know, I'd never been on TV before. I'm just this kid in high school and somehow Master T heard about this thing. So, wow. you know, when I went on there and I spoke about the show that, you know, tickets started just selling or whatever, because Scarborough was like, yo, there's a Scarborough <laughs> man's on the on Extendamix. Yo, we got to reach this thing. And then I realized, yo, I'm organizing this show. But nobody cares about the organizers. Everyone's going to come and, and just be, you know, looking at all the people performing. So I'm like, yeah. yo, how do I manage to get on stage with no talent? So, you know, I was a bit <laughs> wow. perplexed and I was like, you know what? Let me write a poem. That's got to be the easiest thing to do when you have no talent. So I wrote a poem and literally that poem changed my life. That poem started wow. everything. Prior to that, I had never written poems. I didn't wow. journal. I didn't write. I didn't do nothing. I just simply wrote a poem to be on stage with my friends. That's in the insane. same show, and that's what inspired everything else that came out. Everything else, 
Man, that's crazy. Was it the response you got from the spoken word that kind of like made you think, you know what, I'm onto something? Or was it just, I'm going to keep trying this because I want to keep getting on stage? <laughs> you know, the response was, was dope because, you know, it was like, hey, here's these young people who are, you know, relating to what I'm talking about. They see themselves in the story that I was telling. But right. there were two women who were at the show who worked for a community organization and they just took a liking to me into that one poem. So they got my info and every time their organization was doing an event, they're like, hey, can you come and do that poem? So they just kept me busy doing this poem. And then it got to the point, I'm like, yo, this poem's getting on my nerves. So I got (laughs) to write something else. So I wrote a second poem and then bam, like 29 years later, I'm here. Like it's still, still doing it. You know what I mean? 14 books, nine albums deep. It's nuts. Absolutely. So, you know, (laughs) I always credit those two women. They're still, I'm still in touch with those two women. Uh, and I always, wow. every chance I get, you know, give them their flowers. But it also That's informs yeah. the work that I do with younger artists because I'm like, those two women changed my life. They didn't know who I was. Wow, they didn't right. have to do anything for me. So when I see young people, when I see young artists, I try to do the same thing for them because I understand what it means to have somebody huge, see something yeah. in you and just give you some encouragement. So, you know, when so I do true. my events and you see like young people on on there opening up or doing what that's just me playing it mm. forward, you know what I mean? Just making sure that they see that there's somebody who sees them and cares about them in the same way that other people did that for me. Wow. That's huge. You ever that's get weird. an answer that's 10 times bigger than what you expected? I never heard that story before, <laughs> man. And I just somehow in my mind came up with a completely different narrative for how you got started <laughs> in this thing. Well, yeah. So, Anthony, how did you uh, how did you guys connect? Because I know this is how we got you on the show is through your relationship with him. So, how right, can yeah. you share, Anthony, the first time you met Dwayne? I didn't write a poem. Master T didn't call me. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been. I don't know. Do you remember Dwayne? It must have been how maybe somebody was who was running one of your bands called me. I'm yeah, guessing. I think maybe Mike. Maybe Mike called. Michael you Michael called me to something. play on a show. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And yeah, just just I don't even remember how long it's got to be at least. At it's least been a long time. Yeah, 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 years at least um, yeah. that okay. you know we've been doing doing shows together. I don't even remember the first time because you know I would just be like, "Hey, Mike, I need a band," and it's like some guys Someone roll up. Shows and up. Like, All right, these are <laughs> these are the guys, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like whatever. You know, it does like yeah. I just trusted that they were good. And we said, hey, here's what we're going to do. Bam, bam, bam. Everybody played a position and we just went and, and did it. It always worked. But now, that always fascinated me too, though, you know, because you're a laid back guy, but you run a tight ship. You have a lot of structure within that. And it was like, mm-hmm. like you just explained it. Like you have Mike in this example, you trusted, call the guys, the guys show up and you just somehow trust that everything's going to work out. And it always does. So, I mean, your system seems mm-hmm. to be working magically. You're hands-off, but very hands-on at the same time. Is that your approach mm-hmm. to business overall? Or how does, yeah, just curious. Yeah, you know what? It's like I like to work with people who are um, good at what they do and who love what they do. Fair. Like, yeah. I don't have, I'm, I'm so busy doing stuff that I don't have time to micromanage, whatever. Like, so if I can be like, Mike, here's the songs I want the guys to learn. Because I'm, I got to learn the poems too, right? So I'm busy learning right. stuff. I'm just like, yo, mm-hmm. I want to show up and they have their stuff together. Like, I don't want to show up and be like, oh man, we're just wasting time. Everybody's mm-hmm. trying to figure out. I mean, obviously there are going to be little, you know, things that we have to figure out and changes and blah, blah, blah. But, right. you know, I always love when I see that somebody is professional, when I see that somebody cares and mm-hmm. loves what they do, 
I'm attracted to working with them because it's like, Makes that's going to bring yeah. the best out of me. And if I don't have to worry right. about you, it allows me to put more focus on what I'm trying to do. And, and I love, yeah, you know, I love being on stage because when I'm on stage, I'm trying to remember all the lyrics to these poems, right? Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, we've done shows and it's like every show, every poem I'm doing is brand new. Like I'm preparing every, you know, when I do the erotica show, um, which you played <laughs> we have um, to talk about that. with yeah. me on, every, <laughs> yeah. every poem I do at that show is being premiered that night. So I've learned two hours of new material. So when you can be on stage and you're performing this new material and you don't have to worry about what's happening behind you, it really allows you to put more into what you're giving to the audience because you just know, hey, these guys got me and it's just one less thing to worry about. That's insane. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So I have, I have a I'm going to jump back to the first story. So that first poem, did you memorize that poem or were you reading it the first time you performed it? Yeah, no, it was memorized. Uh, memorized, got up on stage, did that. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't know um, the music director, Director X, um, he started off as a poet. So he was actually in that first mm. show oh. that I did as a poet. Wow. And mm, a little controversial world. thing yeah. happened with him that also, um, you know, made the show like everybody was talking about the show because of, you know, what happened, you know, with, with his performance in the show. So it just kind of created this this huh. legend of Up From The Roots and Dwayne Morgan or whatever. And then we just took that and, and, and ran with it. That's crazy, man. Can you share what happened or is it kind of? Well, he did, uh, he was doing a poem and he, he was given a disclaimer at first and he's like, okay, there's some words at the beginning of the poem that some people might have issue with, but I'm using okay. them for a reason and you got to okay. wait till the end to see how it all plays out. Right. So he, got, he starts going into the poem and everybody's like, all right, let's see where this is going. And then we had uh, this black teacher at my high school that people didn't really like or whatever. And she <laughs> yeah. comes on and like grabs his arm and drags oh. him off the stage oh, in the oh, middle of his performance. It's like, oh, we cannot use this language here. And a whole audience erupted. Oh. Like if, if people could have like swarmed her, they would have swarmed her, but they knew like, hey, this is an adult, whatever. So yeah, and he's yeah. just like, but I just gave a disclaimer to listen yeah, yeah, yeah. to how this plays out. Right. And she's yeah. like, no, no, no. So it just created this uproar. And then, so wow. it was just one of those things that everybody was talking, yo, at that show I went to, blah, blah, blah. So it just made, because so many people were talking about the show, it's now, now people were hyped for when's the next one and whatever. Yeah. And that's really, you know, I just used all of that to, to build into the next show and to just create this, this whole Up From The Roots movement that Brilliant. I was starting at that time. That's really? brilliant. And that's probably what led him away from poetry <laughs> towards directing. It's too dangerous. Right? You get grabbed. Getting hauled off. It was stage. at that moment he realized poetry wasn't for him. Um, I always wondered with spoken words specifically, I find that like you're not too far away from becoming a, not becoming, but like I find hip hop and spoken word can kind of almost be synonymous. And have you ever had the itch to write a rap, like a formal rap? I mean, I have a few like songs that are kind of, that are definitely way more in the rap world than right. the spoken word world. Like they have yeah. a hook and stuff like that, but <laughs> right. it's not something that I delve into that much because stay in your lane, you know, stay, stay with what <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're best <laughs> enough, at because it's like, you, you run the risk of just sounding like a whack rapper. You know what I mean? And it's just like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's danger, not really yeah, what yeah. I'm trying to do. So, you know, when, when people know, okay, this is a spoken word artist, but now every now and then he just does a little dabble in a thing, then it's okay. You know what I mean? It's not Got like you. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. trying to do that, but it's like, oh, that one 
kind of has a different flow to it's it and, feel, and that's yeah. okay people will accept that you know what i mean so yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah i just stay with within my core competency i stay with what i'm good at uh so many other people doing other things so you know what i'm just True, very clear yeah. on what my lane is and i stay in there and i just ride it as far as it'll take me like there's a that. lot of lessons like in that. that um what about writing a reggae you ever do a reggae <laughs> um i mean not so much like <laughs> i mean again I've, I've done i've done poems and um you know had the band play you know reggae yeah, yeah, the reggae music and then i just deliver right. the poem over that but um you know i haven't written like a, a something that was dance hall or lovers yeah, rock or whatever yeah, yeah. but at the same time <laughs> right. the the work that i write is so flexible that you know True. a lot of times the band can just play whatever and i'll be like okay right. here's how i'm going to change the delivery so that i can go with the beat that the band is playing so a lot of yeah, times yeah. you know when i'm on stage especially with the band there's just so much stuff happening in my head because i'm listening to the band the changes the different things and trying to figure out hey how do i have to alter this next line that i'm going to say right. to match what you know what the baseline is or or mm. whatever right so it's not even just about remembering remembering the words but it's also being so present that I'm hearing everything that everybody's doing so that right. I can articulate yeah. things in a way where my voice is just another instrument in, mm, you know, the, the, the cohesive, um, you know, piece that we happen to be playing. And connecting with the yeah, audience well at the same of. time is nuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you kind of breezed over that memory part, but for guys like me, and I'm sure a lot of other people listening, that's a huge deal because you said two hours. You said you have two hours of material that could sometimes be brand new or majority brand new mm -hmm. i don't know if you need to write a memory book or if you have some tricks like how <laughs> did you discover yeah do you have any tricks that's there's a good gotta question. be something because that's a lot like i can't remember like two paragraphs you, you know what it's um can you well, first, hey he'll stop hold on no, i'm just joking like, <laughs> no i can't no, no, i'm joking, no, I can't. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so repetition is the big piece like just yeah first trying to get it into my head and then you know like i start weeks out like right. if i know so if i know again because the erotica show it's all new material probably mm. like six weeks out i start learning the stuff and as i learn one every day i'm just going over it going over it. and then as i learn the second one i just add that now i'm going over those two right. you know and i okay. then i add the yeah. third one and blah 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 keep going and then the other thing is that most of the stuff that i write there's a story in it so right, if I okay. remember the story, I need to remember kind of where the lyrics are supposed to go because I know what the trajectory of the story is. Right, right. right so yeah, so yeah. kind of knowing the story, it's like even if I kind of forget the words, I could even make mm. something up maybe that kind of still gets me to where I'm trying to get to until I ah, catch myself back again, right? So, nice. so it's also That's being really one, yeah. familiar with what is the story here that I'm telling so that I kind of can keep myself on track because I know the story. No, that's a huge one. That makes actually. perfect sense. And that's actually a really intelligent way of uh, going about it. So if you fumble, no one will really even really know you fumbled as long as you continue on the track. arc of the story. That's, that's yeah. beautiful. Uh, you've mentioned this erotica show a couple times, and it's mm -hmm. piqued my interest. Uh, can you explain a little bit? Of I might have to take this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, someone, can someone explain to me what the erotica I'm going to ask the same question, but I'm, it's going to come out a little differently than that. Uh, okay i started too i was like there's gonna be a lot of people listening to this <laughs> here it goes man Dwayne, can you talk to us about sex appeal because when you think about this erotica show if you've been there i'm not trying to say anything about you as a man you are you okay. but there's a massive amount of 
alleged sex appeal in the room when you do this show. And this show is a show for couples and married people, so don't stop hiring me, churches. I, I endorse the work, but it's very specific to the people who are allowed to be doing these things. But it's a crazy show, so you got to tell us about the sex appeal show, man. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, so the show's called um, Members Only, and, you know, <laughs> I wanted to, to create uh, an adult... Um, you know, sexy kind of show because there's so many things that happen in our world that are tied to sex and sexuality that no one speaks about. And mm. it's like, until you can normalize this, we're always going to have things happening. There's always going to be, you know, abuse and stuff that no one ever wants to speak about because we're so afraid to talk about sex yet. Everybody's mm. out here trying to do it and trying to get it and trying to find <laughs> it. Like, right. This doesn't make any kind of sense, right? So I wanted <laughs> yeah, to create an environment that just celebrated having fun with this, right? So mm. all of the poems that I write are of a sexual nature. And every year I write a whole new show, right? Just it's like 12 poems that I write for specifically for the show. And everybody knows that when they come, they're going to hear 12 poems they've never heard before. And the band is going to be backing me up with these poems. Mm, we also yeah. create a rule that says, um, you know, I, I do a lot of things to get people involved. So we have contests and we give away prizes and we get people out of their seats to do all, <laughs> all sorts of little fun things or whatever. And it's, again, just to oh, try man. to get people out of their comfort zone and to have fun. But we also right. have the rule that says you're not allowed to videotape anything. You're not allowed to use your phone. Yeah, you're not allowed yeah, to yeah. post any. You can post me, but you cannot post anybody else who comes up on the stage. And people abide by this rule. And because we nice. have the rule, people feel more comfortable to let their guard down and just Absolutely. be a part of, of the event. And by far, it is the most fun I have on stage out of all of the shows that I do. And for most yeah, people who wow. have been there, it's the most fun they've ever had at a poetry show because it's just fun from it's start fun. to finish. It's fun. And we bring in dancers, burlesque, like all sorts of different things are fused into the show to, to just really give people uh, a, a great experience, um, you know, that celebrates um, sexuality and sensuality without going over into, you know, perversion or anything like that. It's still done with the utmost amount of, of class and respect. I'm going to have to check. Yeah. This out. And papaya. So I think there's, a, I think there's some papaya at the show too. <laughs> some years some years there's, there's, been there's all sorts of... and stuff that get involved so you know we, we don't want to give away too much but it's it's my it's bad an interactive we'll cut that. experience for people. you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> oh man so here's a funny story i'm not gonna say any names but uh if you're listening haha there's a drummer who uh call it was called into this show <laughs> he's pretty young at the time so maybe i'll chalk it up to that a little naive maybe <laughs> he didn't know what to expect from the show as many of us didn't the first time and he got so uncomfortable being, being front sent well right behind you drums are right in the middle of the stage he's sweating he's <laughs> blushing we took a little break and he asked if he could leave <laughs> he, really? he could not handle the level of, of realness that is in the room yeah yeah interesting does that pique wow. your interest Drake? you have to, you got to go to the next one well if he was scared i don't know how i'm gonna feel now that's kind of terrifying he wanted to leave the show. <laughs> it was, it was too much. There's some things that he was wow. learning that night that he never imagined. I'll just leave oh, that. that. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Dwayne is a teacher. Yeah, okay. If I was young. Oh, he's a. Oh wow. That's nuts. oh man. Um, 
can I ask a question about your process when it comes to writing poetry? Like, For sure. When you sit down, do you structure, like is your writing style more of a structured base where you sit down once or twice a week with a mission of writing a couple mm. stanzas or like actual like a whole poem? Do you go in with a theme or an idea and then just write? Or do you just write something and then construct a poem after? Like, can you walk us through your, your process when it comes to writing a poem? Yeah, because I really don't have a process, to be totally honest. There, there are wow, times okay. when I'll go four or five, six months and without writing anything. Oh, wow. uh, and then, um, you know, there was a week um, in, in the summer where I won this retreat thing. So I was away at this retreat. And while I was there, I wrote 25 poems in a week. In a week? Right? So wow. it was like, yeah. you know, so some, like I have... Yeah. I write so much that I have so much stuff on my computer that I could not write again, deliver a new poem every week, at least for like four more years. Right. Like I have, there's that much stuff that's just in storage. Ready to go. Pretty much. Right. That if I put it out, people would be like, Oh, he must've just wrote that. And it's been sitting there for forever. So when the inspiration is there, stuff just kind of like flows out of me. And when it's not there, I'm just so busy doing other things that it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, I, I know I've got stuff that's that's just on hard drives and, and stuff. Go, so yeah. I never put pressure on myself to create. It's different, like with the erotica show where it's like, okay, I know this show is coming. I know I have to write this right. stuff. Yeah, then it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. now I have to find the time to actually write out these pieces. And for that show, you have to write them in a way that they kind of lead into each other. Like it, it, it exactly. has to make sense. You got to, there has to be an arc to the show and, and how mm. the, the journey that you want to take people on. So that's a very specific but outside of that, it's just whenever the inspiration comes. Oh, that makes sense. And mm. what inspires you? Mm. I mean, I'm inspired just by being alive, man. Like, For so, sure, big, yeah. you know, a lot of times people have this idea that, oh, when, you know, when you're doing poetry, you just got to talk about, you know, the, the black community and the struggle and the this and that. And I'm like, no, right. I, I talk about being alive, man. I talk about sex, love, religion, politics, sports, whatever, because these are all things that are part of my life. These are all things that people mm-hmm. go through and experience. And I think absolutely part of the like, longevity of my career, I mean, from high school, I haven't had a job, right? So this is, <laughs> yeah. this is 29 years that I've been writing poems as a job. You know, people yeah, hear yeah, that, yeah, and they're like, yeah. how the hell is this guy doing this, right? But right. the fact that I write about everything allows me, like yesterday I performed for the government. This morning, I was performing for a Catholic school. Mm. Um, you know, I do, I perform at, at ladies' nights, divorce parties, bachelorette parties. <laughs> I perform in strip clubs. I perform, I can perform anywhere because I yeah. have material for everything. So wow, it right. makes it easier for me to have a career because if you can imagine it, if I don't already have it, I can create it for you, right? So gotcha. it's like, yeah. I'm yeah. that versatile in what I do so that it allows me so many opportunities to find avenues of where to go and perform and, and to work. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Well, that's really big. You took it as like, yeah. Actually, let me clear something up just for your good name, Dwayne, because you said I performed at strip clubs. I just want to make sure that you clarify that you performed your spoken word pieces at strip clubs. <laughs> and if not, we can just you know, move right funny. along, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's funny. I, I have performed my spoken word uh, stuff, but... That Uh-oh. funny story is Uh-oh. that um, I was booked by um, 
these black male strippers from from the states who were doing right. a show in Toronto and Buffalo, and they okay, wanted me okay. to be the opening act. And these guys showed up late, so they're like, "Yo, Dwayne, we got to start the show. So you just go out there, do your thing, <laughs> Take and off. like give us get, kill some time, give us some time to get ready." I'm like, yeah. "Bro, they, like they they you y'all are late. Like they're they're angry. They're." There's a, there's a room of hundreds of women here to right. watch these guys. So I go out there. I'm trying to say these poems. And then the women start going, take it off. Oh, my take gosh. Take it off. It's a whole <laughs> room. I, moment. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm here trying to concentrate on, on the lyrics of these poems. And all I'm hearing right. is this room of, of women. And I'm wow. like, well, I don't know. Should I? Like, you know what I mean? But I said those poems so fast. And I just ran off the stage and into the that's back room. Funny. I'm like, should oh, I? Don't, y'all don't even do that to me again. Oh, man. That's wow. Hilarious. I'm so glad I asked that question. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's amazing, man. I'm sure I've said it to you before, but congrats. And you're at 29 years now. Wow. Full time. 29 years. Yeah. Next, next year is 30 years. Ooh, that's a big one. I'm wow. sure you have some things yeah. planned for that. Working on some stuff. All right. Well, just because I know mean, we have a lot of people like ourselves who are either musicians, creators, uh, entrepreneurs. Can you give some advice just on like the longevity of this thing? Because I know a lot of people have been doing something. It's been, I think it's more of a time recently to just follow like those passion projects and kind of step aside, step away from, you know, full time or uh, whatever nine to five employment and kind of just follow the dream what kind of advice can you give mm. to people who are trying to do exactly that follow the dream um you got to decide if you're going to try to do it or do it or do it mm -hmm. big, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the first one and there's a yeah, big distinction yeah. between that most Huge. people who are trying to do something never achieve it mm. most people who are doing something achieve it right it's that yeah, it's yeah. that trying because that trying is uh, maybe it's not a commitment Right. You got to be right. committed 100% ride or die to this thing. Tunnel vision. You know yeah. what I mean? Be willing to miss the party. Be willing to, to miss certain things in order mm -hmm. to focus in on what it is that you're really trying to do. Have that level of, of discipline. Like if I show you, I've off to the side here, I have lists like every day I have a list of this is what I'm doing between 9 and 12, between yeah. this time and this time. And right. you can't sidetrack me from that. Like my phone is set where calls don't even come through. It'll go straight mm. to voicemail because you can't call me with your drama in the middle of the day and upset what I'm trying to do. No, oh, no, man. leave that drama on voicemail. And when I have time, I'll yeah, address yeah. that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just that discipline of, of I will yeah. not allow anyone to interfere with what it is that I have to do. And having that tunnel vision that says every day, every hour I am grinding at this mm. thing because no one else is going to do it for you. And then the other part is utilize everything that is at your disposal. This is the greatest time in history to be an independent artist. You have yeah, yeah, social yeah. media, YouTube, so all these kind of things. I show some of the younger artists when, that I mentor, I show them these files that I have, printed files okay. of names and phone numbers. And I said, when I was starting out and I was doing my events, I had mm -hmm. to call every one of these numbers one by one and say, hey, there's a show coming up. I'm doing blah, blah. There wasn't no social media to tell thousands of people yeah, at one yeah. time. I had to get flyers yeah. and put them in the mail 
and put right. stamps on them and get people's address and wow. spend hundreds of dollars to send a flyer to somebody's house. Now you can press a button and reach hundreds or thousands of people. Yeah, and I meet artists who aren't doing it. I'm like, then you're not right. serious. You're trying to do <sighs> it. You're not doing it, right? It's so, big. and then also, again, make sure that you have a business approach to what you're doing because you right. have to understand it's the music business, entertainment mm -hmm. business. Like right, right. everybody wants to do the first part, but the business is what allows you to have longevity. If you're not making yeah. money, if you can't pay your bills, how is it making sense? So mm -hmm. even right. when the technology came out, I don't even know where this thing is right now. When the technology, oh, it's right here. I'm one of the few artists that I know who walks around the country. If I go on tour, if I go do shows, mm -hmm. I have this, my own debit machine. I've had this mm. debit machine for like 15 years, right? Wow. And anytime I go and I do a show, people are like, man, you, you're selling these books, man. I wish I had cash. I'm like, don't worry, I got cash. No cash? Oh, Let's man. make this wow. happen. I have done shows where people said, oh, man, I don't have cash. And I made $600 just off of this, just Beautiful. selling books fact, yeah. using plastic. What is that? Can I ask what it is? It sounds like This is a, a, a Moneris handheld device that is okay. available that people can rent or you know from their bank if you have a business right yep. and so i could be walking down the street and someone's like yo uh, you know do you have any of your books up bam right on right on the street you know what i mean so this is like yeah you've got to be thinking about what is the technology that is there how can i use it to enhance what it is that i'm doing and use absolutely mm. everything that is at your disposal simultaneously that's beautiful I, I think that's huge and it echoes what a lot of successful people have told us on the podcast is discipline business mindset it's it, it all has Focus, to come yeah. together in order for you to be able to like you said sustain yourself for multiple decades like that's not yeah man feat. that's huge that's can we talk about the spoken word scene in toronto and sure. um hmm. just is there like Maybe talk about some of the stuff that you really like that's going on in the city right now and some things that you would like to see changed. I mean, it's interesting because I'm still waiting to see what the scene looks like post-pandemic. Okay, um, okay. You know, it, it's slowly starting to, you're starting to see certain things um, pop up. Can we so talk that, about the scene before the pandemic? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, for sure. So the, the scene mm. before the pandemic, I was kind of separating myself from a bit because there was just a lot of like you know wishy-washy stuff and spoken word was starting to become cool and the minute something becomes mm. cool just some of the wrong people get involved with it because it's all oh, this cool thing to do yeah, and yeah, so trendy. it's like you know it's there's a certain energy that as black people we put into it and it was like audiences especially you know like white audience would be like man i i want that just without the black you know, so then you'd have people <laughs> who can who can mimic uh, that, but uh, the subject boy. matter isn't as relevant, isn't as right. um, urgent, right? So right. then, and those people would be, you know, getting book deals and documentaries and stuff. And you're like, y'all be for real? Like, this is really yeah, what's yeah. happening when there's there's people who put their, mm. their, their, their life into building and cultivating this. And you just wow. see past, you know, all of that. Because, you know, what happens, again, hip hop, all of this stuff is... It's, it's black until white people can figure out how do we digest this, right? right. What works for right. us. And then that becomes the thing, the way that it is done, right? Hmm. Um, mm. So, you know, when That's I look at what is happening now, there's a hope 
that the blackness returns because mm. I feel as though <laughs> when we look at things that are happening with, you know, Kanye, Kyrie Irving, Dave Chappelle, mm. people might be waking up to the fact that when we speak, there are issues and people would much rather us be silent. Right. And mm. I'm hoping that we can get back to the point where people are like, oh, I'm not going to be silent anymore. There's way too much to say. Too so, much to say. Right, you know, yeah. I'm not going to debate, you know, what these people are saying. I'm going to applaud the fact that they're saying something in a world where black people have been conditioned to not say anything. And Absolutely. that is a very problematic thing. When we mm. look around and realize, wait a minute, we've gone from having Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, to having nobody speaking, nobody saying anything. Look at our society hmm. today. Who in the black community has anything to say about the conditions of black people? Well, Farrakhan. He got yeah. silenced nope. real quick. Hmm. Right. So the minute we speak up, people are like, no, nah, no, nah, stay in your place. Right. Hmm. Shut up and dribble. You do what we allow you to do. Right. These wow. millions yep. you have, we allowed you to have these millions. Right. And we can exactly. take this away the minute you start to act out of what we allow. So I Will think Lynch. if people really start to pay attention to what is happening, the hope is that more people will start to speak out about the realities of what is happening right now. Right. I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. And uh, in regards to the Kyrie, it's even more interesting because the man didn't really say much. He, he just tweeted something. He just put up a link. And yet wow. they have yet to attack the people that distribute and promote that video on their platform. How come no one's talking about that? It's on a platform. No one's attacking the people that are actually promoting and making Allowing, money yeah. off of it. But and this they're, gentleman still, they're making more link. money now. Exactly. More <laughs> money than ever. And yet, Jeez. at the same time, they're demonizing this gentleman for promoting. He wasn't promoting. He made a, a tweet that because of his platform, it comes off as promotion because he has such a large reach. Mm -hmm. And now they're dragging him through the mud and want him to do X, Y, and Z to, to clear his name, which is beyond you know, it's ridiculous. A, it's me. a very dangerous thing, but it also reminds us as a, as a black community of why no one takes us seriously because... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We will have these discussions, but we won't actually do the things that no one's scared of us, right? Because right. we don't have right. the unity to say, you know what, Nike, ah, we're good on the Jordans. Now we we're still so, buy Gucci. We yeah, still we're buy so enslaved us. to these things that mm, we don't right. do the things that other people will do. The black community can't cancel anybody because right. we can't even mm. agree on anything to be like, okay, yeah, we, <laughs> wow. we need to cancel yeah. this person, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's again, it, it's so strange that. Yeah, Kyrie is being hung out to dry, but I actually started writing a poem about it because mm. in slavery, they used to whip us in person. They used to sodomize black men in person. And they mm. did this so that the other slaves said, other oh, no, no, I got to yeah. stay in line, yeah, yeah. right? I, I don't want that to happen to me. So mm. Willie Lynch just, wrote a manifesto to everybody yeah. breaking down how to do this and why it was important to do it. Find the mm -hmm. biggest, find the strongest, mm -hmm. bring them in front of everyone and show them what you can do. Break them down. And it, it parallels to what we're seeing happening with those two gentlemen today. Right. Kanye, I definitely think, put himself in some hot water. He said some crazy stuff. But For sure. the Kyrie thing is really kind of highlights the problem because 
there's a company that's making lots of money off of it and nobody has a problem with that. The gentleman well, puts and, up and, a tweet and everyone wants to kill him. Yeah. And here's the thing too, which mm -hmm. makes that even more ironic and hypocritical because people are saying, well, there are, are in, in, inaccuracies in the documentary. Okay, Fair well, he enough. didn't make the documentary. So exactly. if there are inaccuracies, yeah. argue with right. the people who made the documentary. Right. But right. the precedent that this is setting then is that if somebody posts a picture of who they believe Jesus to be, should we not then say, well, this is inaccurate. The Bible right. doesn't describe Jesus as white. There's lots of those and pictures. Lots skin of, those of bronze, pictures. woolly hair. Like, so mm. this is inaccurate. These Bible right. references you're referring to, this is inaccurate. There are right. some inaccuracies here. I think you're you're anti-Christian or you're whatever right. because of these inaccuracies. Like, is this the world that we are now creating where Oof, this is legitimate? And and these are the conversations and questions we have to be asking ourselves because what is happening with Kyrie mm. makes absolutely no sense. I wholeheartedly agree. I, yes. Kyrie specifically, I won't speak on the other gentleman because, mm -hmm. like I said, but Kyrie specifically has opened my eyes to the hypocrisy of the way North America, you know, kind of conducts itself, especially in the media. And I think the only way we can do that is if we control some part of the media, if we come together and mm. are allowed to share our story. But I think that. Like you said, it's hard for us to agree on anything. And I think until we kind of break that thinking that we can't come together, if we come together, they're scared of us coming together. We know that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and as long as we continue to have this divisive attitude, mm -hmm. you know, and we continue to not punish the people that we we believe are not for us. Like when Gucci does something that, you know, they're promoting blackface and have these weird art and we still go and buy that two months later. Stuff, yeah. You know, there's Fendi had some weird stuff that they were putting up that was really, you know, the monkey in the room thing with H&M. H&M mm. had this shirt on a black kid that said the something monkey in the gym. And it's like, right, yeah. we, no other group would tolerate that. And yet, a couple months later, we forget about it and we're buying That's all exactly the shirts at H&M. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a tragedy and I don't know how to fix yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the solution, as as but... <laughs> try to come together and really chart to let our money and our voice be heard. And we can do that through our buying power. We have buying power. We just, for yeah. some reason, are yet to really utilize it. And every other group has. And we don't keep it in our, our circle. And we should expect and demand more from our community. And I think yeah. that's where it starts. Let's not yell at With them. Ourselves, don't yeah. yell at them. They don't know better. We got to yell at ourselves and get ourselves in order and kind of really understand and unify. Yes. Well, yeah. You know, here's mm. the thing to jump on, on that because, you know, as much as we talk about other communities, it's we got to clean up home exactly. first. Our home. Right. Exactly. Like we can't True, be yeah. expecting, mm -hmm. we can't be wiling out and expecting other people to do things for us. So exactly. I say yep. this all the time. Like I see. Mm all of this stuff like when there's a shooting in the community and a young person dies i see all this stuff about the violence or whatever and i'm like this is the most hypocritical hmm. thing ever because come friday and saturday most of these people are going to be in a club dancing to music about killing people promoting when killing message, yeah. is your entertainment right you can't ha you can't say you have respect for life yeah. we go out hmm. a party to, right. to, to wow. killing to prostitution to all of these things this is fun right, right we don't even right. realize 
that this music isn't even being made for us. It's being made it's by us, but it's not for right. us. There is people, no young benefit. white kids, yeah. who are, are the biggest purchasers of hip hop music. And you say, well, why don't they change up the lyrics and say stuff more positive? Because white kids hear positive stuff at home. Why would they, they turn do. to me? No, they that's what I'm saying. They hear it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, but, but when we look at the mass thing, what, what the audience of hip hop wants is to be able to come into black culture, experience a fantasy, and then turn it off whenever they want. It's like going to the movies, right? right. But for us, there are many people who live those realities exactly. that are being mm -hmm. promoted. Yeah. And no one yeah. cares about the fact that those kids are hearing these things and it's almost like a manifesto. Oh, I need to go and wild out and do this stuff. They don't have the luxury of turning this off and saying, oh, that was entertaining, right? Yeah. So as a community, I ask people all the time when I do speaking engagements, when you're driving home and you hear a song about killing people, how many mm. times have you called the radio station and asked them, why are you promoting murder on the radio? Mm. And usually not a single person puts their hand up because black question. death is normal. It's normalized. Yeah. Black death makes money. So right. when we talk about, oh, mm. the violence in the community, miss me with the nonsense. Right, because right. Yeah. we, I know, black death fuels the economy. The police chief says, oh, I need more money. The court says, oh, I need more money. The people say, oh, we need more jails. All of this hmm. is being fueled by black death. So until you can show me otherwise, miss me with all the nonsense of we care about these black kids. No, we don't. We promote mm. black death. We promote kids dropping out of school. We promote ignorance because it fuels the economy. And until we as a community say we've had it, we're not listening to this anymore. We're not buying it. We're not co-signing right. it. Then nothing is going to change. I wholeheartedly no, you're absolutely right about that. And, yeah. And we have to change ourselves if we want to. We have to be the change before we can expect others to change. Maybe it starts absolutely. with the conversations. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I think, think that's, that's, that's exactly the, hopefully this can kind of continue those conversations throughout, but I think touching yeah. on the music part is a great step. There's a couple other things that we do in music that I think we should also end. Um, mm -hmm. if we're really about this ending, you know, the way we are treated, I don't think we should be saying the N word anymore, but that's uh that's a whole nother podcast. We could have another topic maybe next <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but we're going to it's, uh, definitely have to do very a couple interesting. of these. Yeah, definitely left everybody with something to think about and hopefully really deep, dig deep and really think hard about it. Because I know you mentioned, Dwayne, some of the kids who are seeing the image that's not the real deal, that's being portrayed as like a fantasy, which is not a fantasy, it's a nightmare. But we also have the kids who are in our own communities. We grew up with some of them. We were fortunate enough to see the stuff, maybe get hit with it, maybe be confused by it and choose the, the path that made sense ultimately later on but we have friends who didn't make those that right decision and embrace that right. lifestyle that wasn't real to them based on where we grew up so there's impressionable it's a it's massive cycle of it's dangerous especially for the youth um mm -hmm. yeah yeah man it's uh it's been great i we could i, I wish we're gonna have you back because there's a lot more I had. we talked about <laughs> time, really Anytime. one hat that you wear and you wear a lot <laughs> you wear a lot of hats man all in the same un, under the same umbrella but definitely gonna dive into some of that um you don't mind if we call this episode when brothers speak, do you? I'm, I'm just good. joking. I'm not stealing that from you. Uh, can you let us know the shows and, and projects that you have coming up, what, where people can find you and what to check out? 
For sure. So Saturday, November 26th, I'm doing the 23rd annual When Brothers Speak Spoken Word Concert. And that is just a big. big spoken word show that I do with Black men from Toronto and the state. So we have Toronto, Calgary, Buffalo, and Las Vegas being represented. And, you know, going back to the, the conversation before about, you know, when Black men speak, they, they try mm. to silence us. Like, it is so important for me to keep this show going so that there's actually a space to listen to Black men speak about um, their experiences. So uh, that's at mm. the St. Lawrence Center for the Arts in Toronto. Tickets nice, are on nice. sale via, via Ticketmaster for that. And then, um, yeah, I just wanted to do something new and different. So, you know, I'm always trying to collaborate with people and, and think outside the box. So um, on November 18th, um, I'm dropping a spoken word Christmas album. And that's like a, a totally different, you know, people don't even think about spoken word and yeah, Christmas yeah. or whatever, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's just changing the vibe. So, uh, cool. Joel Joseph, um, uh, who's done a lot of production work with me in the past, yeah. hit me up and he's like, Hey, do you want to just try and do this project? And I was like, Hey, I'm down. Cause I just love collaborating. And he just sent me some, some grooves and he's just like, right. Whatever you feel to these, as long as they have something to do with Christmas and I, nice. I I wrote seven seven poems for it, and so it's like a seven track EP, nice. uh, all Christmas vibes. So uh, yeah, people can definitely wherever you stream music, uh, check it out. It's called Silent Night, uh, a Dwayne Morgan Christmas. Love it, man. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll throw some links up for that, that too in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Dope stuff, man. Um, I got one more for you. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been to a spoken word show. You might, ignorant like myself, walk in for the first time and want to give a round of applause. Although I know the, it's not the correct <laughs> thing to do at this point, I don't know why. And I couldn't let this moment pass without letting, asking you to educate me on why you snap, not clap. All right, so let's clear this up. It's, it's totally okay to clap. It oh, is okay. totally okay, okay for people to clap. The, okay. the snaps has become this cliche kind of thing. Oh, and the yeah. snaps oh. started <laughs> in New York, where there was a popular poetry venue. Okay. And the people who lived upstairs always complained about the noise from downstairs. Ah, so they funny. asked people <laughs> to stop clapping and to snap instead because it was more quiet than oh. the clapping. And then this That's cliche just on. kind of caught on as something that people do at spoken word, but you could clap, just you can do whatever. Okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate that because to be honest, I can't snap my fingers and I always felt a little bit left <laughs> out at these shows. So clap on, man. That's so Dwayne, fun. thanks, yep. man. I didn't know that was the origin. I didn't know either, man. I, I We'll have you back on soon. We'll talk about some more things. But uh, yeah, yeah, thanks so sure, much for sure. being with us today, man. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll chat soon. Thanks really for listening. Really appreciate guys. it. Shout out your socials so people can, uh, and your website, so people can kind of take a look at your journey and check out some of the great work you've done. Yeah, for sure. The website is DwayneMorgan.ca. That's D-W-A-Y-N-E, Morgan.ca. Socials are Dwayne underscore Morgan, and you can find me there on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And definitely thank you all for, uh, for inviting me to, I think it was a fruitful conversation. So thank you. Yeah, thank definitely. you, man. Thank Pleasure you. was all ours, man. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us for sure my pleasure okay guys till next time see ya bye <laughs> i don't know why i made <laughs> like you're in a rush
As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.